to Check Your Beer, a podcast about quality control in your brewery. We're your hosts, Amy Todd, owner of Zymology Labs, and Julie Smith, lab manager at Lawson's Finest Liquids. Hello, welcome to our first podcast episode of Check Your Beer. My name is Amy, and I'm here with Julie. Hi, everybody. And we are going to be talking to you guys about quality control in the beer industry. So in a little bit, we're going to introduce ourselves in some more detail, talk about how we got into the beer industry and specifically into the lab. Then we're going to go over why you might want to start a lab. And the rest of this season is going to be breaking down different sections of a lab and how to actually start a lab or a quality program in your brewery. And just going over things that you're probably already doing that are very quality related in your brewery that are are free and don't require too much extra time and just finding a way to make that data more useful to you. Yeah, and we'll talk about what we do, why we do it, and you know all that fun stuff. But first, I wanted to kind of get into a little bit about why we wanted to start this podcast. So whenever I visit a new brewery or meet someone who works in a brewery lab, I always want to know like what they do in the lab, like the specifics. What are they testing for? What do they not test for? How do they decide what to test for? All those little things. And, you know, I always want to kind of compare notes and see if there's a better way of doing something, something that maybe I'm not doing. Um, or, if, you know, there's a better way of doing something, something that, you know, doesn't work well for me or even just, uh, you know, suppliers like where are you ordering pipettes from and, you know, little little things, things like that. Um, yeah, I feel like there's a lot of resources for lab work in the brewery, but it's also nice to just get to talk to people face to face about what they actually do day to day in the lab because um, usually there's only like one or two techs working in a lab at a brewery so you always want to make sure you're kind of doing the same stuff that everyone else is doing and, and I always feel like on brewery tours the lab is cloaked in secrecy so it's always yeah. kind of fun just to try to dig and see how much information you can get from them. And nobody like talks about their lab too. It's like you're just because you have a lab doesn't mean that you know you're doing something wrong. You're you're supposed to have a lab. It means you're doing things right. And I feel like yeah, a lot of times the the lab's kind of hidden away and you don't talk about the lab and and things that that might be going wrong or but we're here to show you guys that it's easy to start a lab. You should all start a lab. No excuses. You should talk about your lab. And talk about your lab. Yeah. Talk about your problems because other people might be like, oh, yeah, I had the same thing and this is what we did. And, and you know, that could save you like weeks worth of work. Right. Um, well, when I first met Julie in person, we, we met online. Um, she gave me a tour uh, at Lawson's where she works. And it was just great seeing another lab and being able to ask her all these questions and even just, you know, seeing how her lab was laid out was really nice. And then questions I didn't even know that I had came up and it was just super helpful. Um, yeah, we, we use pretty different equipment. I mean, it does mm -hmm. the same thing, but just with like the differences in manufacturing or or the capabilities of the machinery that we're using it's always nice just to look around and be like oh how do you do that and mm -hmm. is that going to help me with the instrument that I have yeah totally 
And yeah, that's one of the great things about the brewing industry is that there's always something new to learn. And there's usually, you know, more than one way of doing something. And, you know, the more we see, the more we ask questions and talk about these things, the more we can improve our breweries. And we all want better beer all the time, right? Yeah, we don't want to be drinking bad beer. Yeah. So, yeah, that's why we wanted to start this podcast to kind of help other folks um, who may feel isolated in their lab. You're not alone. We're, we're there with you. Um, and for, you know, other breweries who don't have a lab yet, but they want one, you know, we're, we're here to, to show you that it's not that daunting and, um, yeah, and just little tips and, and advice, uh, the way that we do some things and what other people do. Um, we're hoping this first season is going to be just kind of a lot of basics in a lab, kind of, you know, different things that, that we're doing. We're going to try to break up each episode into a different topic um, but hopefully next season we'll be interviewing people in different labs and kind of getting into all the little details how often do you sample your tanks for ibus or what type of media do you use when you're testing micro and those things might not make any sense to you now but they will so <laughs> if you keep listening and yeah so i um I do some consulting work with other breweries and a lot of times uh, breweries that I work with, they just, they don't even know where to begin when it comes to a lab. So, you know, that's kind of another thing that we want to, you know, kind of show you where to start and just make starting a lab accessible to everyone. You know, you don't need a science background or a ton of money We're we're going to go, we have one episode that's like all free stuff and document control and all that, that fun stuff. So, you know, you can start small and expand as you go. Um, you know, that's actually the best way probably to do it is just, you know, add a little bit at a time. Um, or I guess, you, you know, you can also just start out with a lab too. That works. So, yeah. <laughs> it can be overwhelming to start a lab, yeah. but yeah, growing There's... it up just really slowly is the best way to go and just taking one thing at a time and getting comfortable with it and then adding on as you have time. Yeah. And there's no one way to do it, you know? Just as there's no one way to run a brewery, <laughs> everyone's different and you got to find, you know, what works for you. And yeah, we, we want you guys to feel empowered to, to start your own lab. And like Julie said, you know, no one wants to drink bad beer. So I, you know, I have selfish reasons for wanting everyone else to, to start a, a lab too, because I want to have faith in you guys when I'm trying your beer for the first time. <laughs> And, and, you know, it's like, you know, the craft beer scene, we got to kind of stick together and, you know, you don't want somebody's first experience with craft beer to be a beer that, that doesn't taste so great. And then, you know, it might take them a while before they, they give craft another chance. So we got to work together and empower everyone. All right. So, so who are we and uh, why should you even listen to us? Uh, Julie, you want to go first? Sure. So my name is Julie. I'm the lab manager at Lawson's Finest Liquids. Um, we just opened up our Waitsfield Brewery a year ago. Um, so September 2018-ish. Uh, before that, I worked at Long Trail Brewery and I was a lab tech there. Um, and I did some other brief stints in dairy farming, cheese making, and working with a salsa salad dressing company. So I have 
a lot of food safety background um, and I've been in the brewing industry for about four or five years now. Um, I went to St. Michael's College in Colchester, Vermont, and like most people in the brewing industry, I have an English degree, so it really goes to show you definitely don't need a science background. It is helpful to have the basics, but a lot of that information is totally available online, and there are so many books and resources out there to get you what you need if you're a self-starter. Anyways, I got into brewing because I was transitioning out of dairy farming, and it looked like a super fun opportunity just to keep working with my hands, keep doing fun stuff, uh, keep challenging myself. So I started out scrubbing floors at Long Trail and doing some basic cellar work. When a position to open up in the lab, I jumped all over it and it was a really good fit. I liked being able to uh, sample and test the beer at different stages and learn more about brewing science and sensory science and the microbiology aspect of beer and just getting to test for all the different chemistry that we do, IBU, color, ABV, all that fun stuff. Um, and then we were able to do some fun experiments, so it really just kept my interest and held my interest and seemed like there was a lot of stuff to learn and everyone was super friendly so it seemed like a really collaborative industry um, when Lawson's announced that they were going to be building a brewery in Waitsfield I interviewed for the lab manager job there and got it and was able to uh, with some help from our director of brewing start the lab up from scratch I mean I walked into an empty room and we built out the space, we got all the instruments in there, and we built a testing plan up from scratch and kind of flew by the seat of our pants until we were comfortable with our brewing processes and really narrowed down where our, our challenge areas were and what we wanted to be testing for. Um, so I do have a good chunk of experience about what you want to be doing when you're starting up your lab and how to not make it seem like such a daunting experience. And that's pretty much my brewing story. How about you, Amy? All right. Well, so my name is Amy Todd, and I'm the owner of Zymology Labs, which is a third-party lab that specializes in testing for the beer and hard cider industry. Uh, it's in Burlington, Vermont. Also help brewers start up their own quality programs. And my lab is actually inside of Zero Gravity Brewing in Burlington. It is a separate business. Um but I do share space with them and I also manage their lab on a part-time basis. Backing up uh, 10, almost 15 years, I'm getting old here. Um, so I, I did go to school for chemistry, so you can have a science degree if you want, you know, you, you don't have to, but it does help too. So I went to UVM. Uh, my junior year, I was the first year that I was able to take an elective and I took what's brewing in food science and that was kind of my light bulb moment like oh this is what I could use my chemistry degree for this is what all this uh, studying and stress and everything there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel um, and so I did right after school I interviewed for a couple of brewery jobs I did not get those I ended up moving to Massachusetts to work for an environmental lab um, without any experience right out of school. I was having a hard time finding a job in chemistry. Um, so while I was out in Massachusetts, I just kind of kept thinking about beer and 
how to get more experience in the beer industry. And that's when I signed up for the American Brewers Guild Craft Brewers Apprenticeship Program. And this was a really great uh, program. Um, It's all online. So it was six months online. And then there was a week-long residential week, um, which at the time was at Otter Creek. Now it's at Drop-In Brewing. So I was able to keep my full-time job. Um, And then there's an apprenticeship program, which is really great, hands-on experience. Uh, I did that at Otter Creek. Um, And a lot of times, uh, you know, most people are focusing on the brewing and the cellar work when they're doing their apprenticeship. But I kind of already knew that, you know, the lab, you know, I enjoyed definitely learning about, you know, the whole process and being involved in everything. But I think I did a lot more of the lab work than most people. I think I was doing like two days a week in the lab and then, um, you know, some cellar and brewing work. And so I definitely knew that the lab is kind of where I wanted to be. And so I think it was a couple months after that, um, I got a job at Magic Hat working in the cellar. Uh, so yeah, started in the cellar and then I moved into the lab a couple, couple months after that. Um, oh, and I recently, um, this past summer did a little bit of teaching with the guild, um, for the lab portion of it. So that was kind of a, a fun 10 year anniversary teaching gig. That's super cool. Yeah. So I was at Magic Hat for three years, um, ran the lab there, um, really enjoyed working at Magic Hat, um, they, you know, I got to take a lot of classes while I was there, which was awesome. I took a Siebel microbiology course and sensory panel management course um, and a lot of the stuff. So I think I had like two weeks that I trained with the, the guy who was leaving when I started in the lab. And then I was just kind of thrown into things. So good and bad. You know, it was a, a steep learning curve, I, I guess. You know, I, you know, got all the basics and then um, had to you know, figure out some things on my own, which again, is also why, you know, we're, we're starting this podcast too. Just, um, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people who are just kind of thrown into the lab too, or, you know, don't really have anyone to ask advice for, you know, I, I was fresh into the, the beer industry too. Um, but Magic Hat was great. Um, learned a lot of stuff. Um, did a lot of testing. Um, you know, and that was kind of my start in a brewery too so to me the lab always kind of came first you know like obviously you're gonna have a big lab and qc program and i often kind of wondered like what do the small breweries do if they don't have access to all this equipment and um you know it was kind of baffling to me to think that um naive of me too i guess (laughs) to think that not everybody has these these big labs um but yeah, so let's see, after about three years at Magic Hat, um, I was getting more into food microbiology. Um, I took a class at CCV and kind of wanted to maybe branch out and expand uh, my background on that a little bit. So I ended up working at Ben and Jerry's uh, for three years. I was in the corporate offices, so I was not in one of the plants. Um, I worked for, we did like all the QC stuff for Unilever ice cream. Um, so they would send us swabs to test for allergens, bacteria, all that fun stuff. Um, and so since we were, one of the things we were testing for was listeria. And when I was pregnant with my first son, I was banished from the lab, um, since it can lead to miscarriages and, you know, 
we didn't want that to happen. So I did actually spend a month, maybe a month or two, um, working at the lab in St. Albans, one of the plants. So that was kind of cool. Just, you know, seeing, you know, from another industry point of view, just the different things to be looking for, you know, just like every brewery is different. Every brewery is going to be looking kind of for different things, kind of based on their priorities and their capabilities. Um, you know, and, and so what are the different things that you have to look for in an ice cream plant? And, um, you know, they would be like weighing pints, just like, you know, you would weigh bottles and cans to check your fill levels and, you know, things like that. Make sure your date code's legible and, you know, um, so, but there are, you know, different, different things too, you know, you don't want chunks and swirls in your beer, but you do want those in your ice cream. Uh, and, um, you know, ultimately what you're looking for in a QC program is to ensure that you're providing a product that's free from defects. So, you know, what does that mean to you and, and how do you ensure that? So that was my Ben and Jerry stuff. Um, and so kind of towards the end of that, I was, I was itching to get back into the beer world after about three years, you know, and then while I was pregnant and doing all these other random tasks. I had kind of a lot of free time too. So, you know, I kind of started thinking how I was going to get back into the beer industry. And, um, I originally, I was going to just start out with consulting, but with talking to some of my old coworkers, um, they suggested, um, starting a lab instead, which is actually kind of how I ended up at zero gravity. One of my, my old boss from magic Hat is now the brewing director. Um, and he said they had some extra space. So if I wanted to kind of set up shop there, so I did. And, you know, my, my first consulting gig was, um, setting up their lab. And then once that was all set up, I also happened to be in a position to help them run it too. So that's where that partnership and it came from. Um, and, you know, I remember when I was pregnant, um, I was so excited to be able to drink again. Um, you know, when, once I had the baby and there were all these new breweries popping up and I was just looking forward to trying all these new different beers. And then once I could drink again, I just kept finding myself being kind of disappointed and unimpressed with all the beers that I was trying. I also could only, you know, at the time, like drink like half a beer since I wasn't really used to to drinking for a while. Um, so I was like the one beer that I had, you know, I, I wanted it to be a good beer. And then I found myself drinking like Sierra Nevada or, you know, I'm like, I live in Vermont. We should, you know, have all this great beer. And, and, you know, I think some of them, you know, were, were maybe just home brewers who never had experience in a brewery. Um, so, you know, I kind of wanted to find a way to be able to help some of these these new breweries who, you know, may not know all the ins and outs of, of running a brewery and more specifically a lab and, you know, testing beers and, and making sure that what they're getting is, is kind of what they, what they really want. Um, you know, and unfortunately, you know, there's still even like some of these breweries that I, you know, still haven't really given a second chance to, you know, I'm sure they're great now, you know, they're still around. So, you know, that was, uh, four years ago. Um, but you know, your customers aren't always going to give you a second chance too. So, you know, just really making sure that you are putting out the best beer that you can, 
um, you know, and a lab is really, you know, kind of staying on top of, of any kind of issues that might come up and, you know, just kind of knowing what you're, you're producing and, and putting out a product that, that you can be proud of and, and stand behind. So yeah, that is, uh, that's my story. <laughs> so why should you start a lab? Why do you want to go through all of that trouble? Well, we think that one of the huge benefits of having a lab or a quality program is to be able to make proactive decisions instead of reactive decisions. The sooner you know that you have a problem, the sooner you can fix it or prevent the same thing from happening in the next batch of beer. The tricky thing with beer is that you don't really see the finished product for a week or so. So if you do realize you have a problem, it's really important to recognize it as soon as possible because you might be brewing that same recipe before that week's up. So you want to know when what you need to fix for that next batch while your current batch is still fermenting. So that can be tricky sometimes. If it's something unfixable, the sooner you can free up tank space. So if you have to dump a batch, the sooner you can fill it with better beer. Yeah, and what else was I just going to say about that? I just lost my train of thought. That happened last time. Um, yeah. Do you want to... Uh... Oh, and the, the thing with... Um, you know, beer taking a while. So if, if it is something that you know that you, you made a mistake or, you know, you added too much malt or your boil went over or whatever, you're probably not going to remember that by the time you're, you're drinking that beer and tasting it. So, um, you know, we'll get into this more in another episode, but just, you know, making sure that you're writing things down and tracking stuff and, and, you know, so having that quality program um, is really going to ensure the consistency of your product. Um, you're going to be able to find inefficiencies, improve your process control, reduce waste, wasted product and wasted time, um, and give you, you know, a sense of pride and ownership uh, for you and your employees, too. So, you know, whether it's just you or whether you have employees, just kind of having that quality mindset and that continuous improvement mindset from the start, um, it's going to, it's going to go a long way. So, you know, once... also, oh. also being able to see, um, to track that data and look at your batch records and, and any other, uh, data points that you're tracking, it gives whoever is working for you in brew house and sellers just a, a nice way to go back and see, like, if you've made big changes, they get to see if those are falling into line and the progress that they've made and they can just, they know they can depend on what's been written down. So they're more confident in the work that they're doing too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I guess we, we didn't really touch on this yet, but kind of, I guess the whole like, well, what is quality? Um, you know, and there's tons of different definitions on what quality is. And, you know, I'm sure we could have a whole season arguing about what makes a quality beer or not. But what the definition that I like to use is if you are consistently meeting or exceeding the needs and expectations of your customers. So if you can't meet their needs, so, you know, if you make sour beers, you know, there's, there's a good chunk of people who just aren't going to be your customers because they don't like sour beers and, you know, that's perfectly fine. But so, you know, for, 
you know, your, your customers, you're going to meet, need to meet those, those, um, what they're expecting from your beers too. And, and you want to do that on a consistent basis. So if, you know, they have a beer one day that's, you know, okay. And then another day, um, it's great. Or, you know, the next time it's, it's not so great. You know, there, there's plenty of other breweries out there who are producing consistent beer. So, you know, they might, they might start going to that brewery that they know that they can depend on, you know, maybe kind of years and years ago when the craft beer was just kind of getting going a little bit more, you know, that consistency was kind of, uh, to be expected, but you know, now there's, there's no excuse for, not producing consistent beer and there's so many options for people to go to right. now like they're not going to come back if they have a weird experience i mean there's there's just so much to choose from there's no reason to have to stick with one brewery if they're not really liking what you're putting out right and if they're spending you know 15 16 bucks on your four pack and those beers are oxidized every time they get them you know they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere else yeah. At least I would. <laughs> I would too. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think that's uh, pretty much everything. Um, yeah, I guess I kind of, you know, already mentioned starting out at Magic Hat and just, you know, kind of starting with that quality mindset from the beginning. Um, and now that I am a business owner myself, I, you know, I, I definitely get that, you know, some of these, these things take time and money and, you know, you don't actually need a lab to make beer. I mean, I would definitely argue that if you want to make consistent beer um, and you want to do that for an extended period of time, then yes, you do need you do need a lab um, to be able to make consistent beer and to be able to compete in this, in this market. You know, I don't, I feel like I'm getting all negative here, um, which I'm not trying to do, you know? Um, <laughs> and so, you know, a lab's great, even for like all the people who are making great beer. And that's like the time that, that you want to, to start your lab and to be able to make improvements. And, you know, like when, when things are going great and you're doing, a good job like that's when you actually have the time to like kind of stop and like put some processes in place and some testing um to make sure that you know you can keep doing that and you know there's always ways that we can improve our beers too so you know just don't limit yourself too by you know what you're already doing and you know it's um you know plenty of people start a lab when they have a problem when you know they're doing a recall or they've got exploding cans in the market and stuff you know which is fine that's that's cool you know as long as you're starting a lab so um but ideally and it'll be much easier for you if you start your lab before that happens so and especially with all the changes and and one-off batches that a lot of the small breweries are doing now if you have a lab it's way easier to do those research and development projects for all your one-offs if you have a space that's clean and accessible and you can replicate small trials over Mm -hmm. again um, it just it just kind of makes everything easier and it is a good spot to do those fun projects so that when you do put it into a can, you know what the end result is going to be. And you know that that's what your customers are hoping for. Yeah. And you're going to have a much better idea of, of like what your finished product is going to be like too. You know, you're going to have a better idea of 
your hop efficiencies and, you know, what to expect for your final gravities and, you know, just based on results from other beers that you've done um, versus, you know, if you're not doing any of that testing, you know, that might be a lot more guesswork. Right. All right. So, yeah. <laughs> coming up um next few episodes we're going to talk about how to start like planning out your lab and your quality program some free things you can do we'll talk about sensory some cell counting thanks for listening thank you for listening to check your beer send us an email at checkyourbeer at gmail.com for any questions or episode suggestions uh, check out our show notes for what we talk about on each episode. And don't forget to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll catch you next time on Check Your Beer. Thanks for listening.